Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Do you ever wish that you could turn your brain off? Our thoughts can drive us completely crazy. Distracting thoughts, worrisome thoughts, obsessive compulsive thoughts. It's actually possible though to change your thoughts. Now, you definitely need help from God, but you can go from hopeless thoughts to powerful, hopeful thoughts. Angry thoughts to forgiving thoughts. Anxious thoughts to peaceful and restful thoughts. So listen in for the secret to changing your thoughts. I want to talk to you just really quick about how to change your thoughts. Does anybody have problems with your thoughts? (laughs) I do. I had major problems with my thoughts this week. And I bet every single one of us did as well. Have you ever tried to pray, but your thoughts take over? (laughs) You're trying to pray, and your thoughts just reach out and grab your attention and pulls it away. And 15 minutes later, you realize, "I I haven't prayed a bit. I've been thinking, I haven't been praying. Have you ever have you ever been trying to have peace but your thoughts take over and rob you of your peace? Has it ever happened to you? I'm sure it's happened to all of us. Have you ever been trying to sleep and your thoughts take over? <laughs> My thoughts have woken me up 3 or 4 times this week, right in the middle of the night, haven't been able to go back to sleep. My thoughts rob me of my sleep. Isn't that a pain? Is ever surely it's happened to you? Yeah, give me a nod. <laughs> Have you ever been trying to focus on something and your thoughts take over and distract you from what you were trying to do or accomplish, and they just just took over? I'm sure that's all happened to us. And so I want to I want to talk to you today about how you can change your thoughts. You have what it takes with God's help. You have what it takes to take control of your thoughts. There's all kinds of thoughts that we have. We have fearful thoughts, worrisome thoughts. We have angry, hurtful thoughts. I had some of those this week. <laughs> we have disturbing thoughts. They get in and rile us all up and get our get get our mind to where it's there's no lack of clear there's no clarity. Well, that's pretty. Um, <laughs> it's all right. It happened to me just last Sunday. We have. Here's, here's another one that I've really been struggling with. We have rationalizing thoughts. We want to make sense of our situation, and so we rationalize it and try to bring everything together so that our lives make sense. We have rationalizing thoughts. We have distracting thoughts. We have self-serving thoughts where we're trying to, Me, 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 I want this. I don't care what anybody else wants. I want this. We have self-serving thoughts. Well, we need new thoughts to replace the old way of life. That's how you get your mind. I'm going to give you several tips and tricks that I'm experimenting with right now, that I'm working on right now, that are helping me to bring my thought life under control. Because my thought life gets out of control very easily. Our thoughts need to be renewed. Our thoughts need to be renewed. We need new thoughts in our little brains up here. (laughs) We need new thoughts. So let me read to you Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says here, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. Is your brain part of your body? 
It is. I can, I can assure you that your brain is part of your body. So we need to offer our brains, our minds, our thoughts as a living sacrifice, uh, as, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Can you offer your hands to the Lord to say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. Use my hands to feed the needy, to help people, to, to heal people. God, use my face to smile at someone that needs to be smiled at. All right? To crack a joke. Curtis told us a joke that we've been laughing at all week long. <laughs> I needed that. I needed to laugh. All right? Last Sunday. You can use, God, if you can use anything, use me, including my mind. I'm going to give you my mind so that my thoughts are towards you and not in every other direction. So we'll give it as a, as a living sacrifice. See, we always think religion would tell you this. You need to, you know, basically die. <laughs> give yourself as a dead sacrifice. God doesn't want you dead. Did you know that? He wants you alive so that you can be useful to him. If you're laying there in bed, sick the rest of your life, what, what usefulness is there? Well, there's actually a lot of usefulness. You can be praying for people. You can be calling people. But you know what? God wants a living sacrifice. He wants a living sacrifice, useful to him. This is, this is part of our worship to him. In verse 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't conform to the way the people out there think. Let's do something different. Let's have our minds transformed through the renewing of our mind. How can you change your thoughts? You need new thoughts in that gray matter up there. You need new thoughts. Let's leave the old way of doing things, the pattern of this world, and let's get new thoughts in our minds. Then, then you will be able to test and approve of God's will. In other words, you'll finally have clarity. Have you ever wondered what God's will is? You're saying, God, show me your will. When you start having the thoughts of God come into your mind, you're going to have clarity of thought. You're going to know the will of God, and you're not going to be clueless anymore. You're going to have a heavenly perspective, all right? And that's really a big part of our goal. So the pattern of this world that this verse is talking about is the fleshly way of living. Now, if, if you've never read your Bible before or don't know much about the Bible, the Bible talks about the flesh, and it talks about the spirit, all right? The flesh is, is the way that you as a human tend to want to live, all right? We all have bad tendencies, all right? I have a gambling tendency. I was in Las Vegas um, two weeks ago, <clears throat> and, of course, it was for work, work-related thing that I had to go to. And, of course, I, had, I was at the Bellagio. Have you ever heard of the Bellagio? really nice hotel. I had to walk through all those, you know, tables, you know, card tables, blackjack, craps, uh, you know, whatever the machines are. You know what? I didn't even look at them. <laughs> Swark straight like this. <laughs> didn't look at all the guys with escorts on their hands either. All right. There's a lot of stuff going on in, in Las Vegas. It's pretty crazy. Just kept my eyes straight to my room, back to work. <laughs> right. I know what my weaknesses are. All right. I'm not going to conform to the pattern of this world. I need to be renewed in my thinking. I need to be renewed in my thinking. 
And so the flesh, the, the natural tendencies of a human being, you have your weaknesses. Do you know what your weaknesses are, by the way? Keep a close eye on those weaknesses. Keep a close eye. They will eat you alive. <laughs> All right? The flesh. But then there's the way of the spirit. It's a different way of living. It's a different way of thinking. And we've got to get out of the flesh out of the human way of being, the pattern of this world, and come over here and be renewed in our minds. How often do you think you and I need to be re have our minds renewed? Amen, sister. <clears throat> I was going to say day by day, but that's even more true. Minute by minute. I woke up this morning, Sunday morning, the holy person that I am. I'm just joking. I'm not holy at all. And you know where I was? First thing to this morning about 6.08. I was in the flesh. <laughs> I was in the flesh. And you know what? It took me about two hours to shuffle over here, <clears throat> little by little, and get, get over here in the renewed mind that Jesus has for me. <clears throat> so, here's how you know if your mind's being renewed, by the way, is you're, your hope is going to start increasing. Your mind is renewed, and here's a telltale sign. Is your hope going up, or is your hope going down? And I'm not talking about hoping that you win the lotto, or hoping this, or hoping that. I guess I'm on gambling today for some reason. Our hope is in Jesus. And when your hope is in Jesus, you have a lot of hope. Thank you, Tara. Not sure what's getting me probably allergies but let's look at this the life of the flesh the pattern of this world this way of thinking versus the spiritual godly way of thinking with a renewed mind that happens minute by minute <clears throat> i like that romans 8 my favorite chapter in the bible romans 8 we're going to look at verses 5 through 8 then we're going to skip to 14 through 16 but read with me those who live According to the flesh, the human tendencies have their minds set on what the flesh desires. And you got to be careful with this. Don't be constantly pushing for what you want, even if what you want is a good thing. All right. Let's say one of my kids wasn't serving the Lord. They were on drugs. They were out of control. I could sit there and hammer, say, God, save him, save him. And I should be praying that. But that shouldn't be the end all, all consuming thing of my life. That would be living in the flesh. I need to get over here in the spirit and say, God, I trust you. You're going to take care of my child. Don't be all consumed with what you want. That's living in the flesh. Those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. What does the flesh desire? Control. <laughs> you, my dear friend, and me, we are control freaks, every single one of us. Every single one of us wants to control our environment, wants to control our plans, wants to control our future, wants to control those that we love, wants to control those we hate. <laughs> we want full control, every single one of us. That's the mind that's set on the fleshly desires. 
always trying to figure things out and I'm speaking to myself. When I point at you, I learned this from my dad. When I point at you, I got three fingers pointing back at me. All right. I am always, and especially lately, been trying to figure out what on earth is going to happen. And let me try to rationalize. I told you about rationalizing. Let me put all the pieces together, God, and I will present the perfect puzzle for you. <laughs> That's not how it works. He's the one with the puzzle pieces. And I'm not going to see the full picture probably until I get to heaven. And I've got to just deal with that. I am not going to be able to figure everything out. I'm certainly not going to be taking credit when things go good, although I tend to do that. And I'm not going to be blaming someone else when things go bad. That's the, that's the flesh. That's a human tendency, and we can't be that way. On the other hand, though, <clears throat> those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. What's the Spirit? What are we talking The Holy Spirit of God is who I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit of God, what does he want? And let me hook my desires onto his train and let's go down that track. Let's figure out what God wants and let me set aside what I want. Because I've found this, generally as a Christian, what I want is often what God wanted even more. And, but instead of pushing my way of doing it, let's get to where we're going with God's way of doing things. So what does is, what is the Spirit desire? The Holy Spirit of God desires compassion. He desires faith and trust, and, and he, wants, he wants cleanness in your soul. Have you ever felt dirty inside? Yeah. We all know what filth inside feels like. It's a very, very bad feeling. He desires for your soul to feel clean and to be clean, in fact. All right? Transformed by the renewing of our mind, new thoughts to replace the old way of thinking. So it says here, verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death. Where do suicidal thoughts come from? They come from a mind that's governed by the flesh. The human tendencies lead to thoughts of death, ultimately, and to the finality of actual spiritual death. We don't want that. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And not just life for this life, eternal life that you can be living in right here, right now. Eternal life is not for the by and by, forever, later? No, you can live eternal life right now. In fact, you need to be living in eternal life right now. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to, towards God and does not want to submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Let's read on verse 14, though. <clears throat> Here, still in Romans 8. For those who are led... By the Spirit. So one thing is being governed by the Spirit, another is being led by the Spirit of God, are children of God. So let me ask you, I can't see Jesus. Can you see Jesus? He's walking out there, I follow him. You know, no, that's not how it works. We follow Jesus in our thoughts. <laughs> My thoughts need to follow Jesus' thoughts. Do you get that? His his uh, intentions. My intentions need to follow Jesus's intentions. My motives need to follow Jesus's motives. The Bible talks about that with an evil man, there's no room in his mind for God. Wow. Well, I, I hope there's at least a little sliver of room in my thoughts for God. 
I actually hope it's all thoughts of God. It's not. I'll fully admit it's not. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. With God's help, I will. All right? Those who are led by the Spirit of God in their thoughts are children of God. So let God start leading your thoughts. Instead of having this stubbornness, I'm going to think about this, I'm going to think about this, I'm going to plan this, I'm going to do this. No, say, you know what? I'm going to start letting the Holy Spirit of God lead my thoughts. And you can do it. If you've asked Jesus into your heart, he's in you and you're in him, you can do it. You've been given a spirit of self-control to be able to do that. Verse 15, the spirit you receive does not make you again a slave in your thoughts to fear. Fear is a thought. It's a feeling. It's a thought. It's ever-present sometimes, man. All right, but it says here that the spirit of God, you get out of the flesh, you get into the spirit of God, you get free from that feeling of fear. Oh, man. I hate fear. I hate worry. I hate phobias. I hate panic attacks. I hate that stuff. And God hates it too. And so if we will let God begin to lead our thoughts, he will lead us right out of that slavery to fear. Right out of that slavery to fear. Man, that's wonderful. So that you will not live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought, uh, brought, you about, brought about your adoption to sonship. All right? And for all you women, you have a spirit of sonship with Jesus. <laughs> there's, there's no, I mean, praise God. It's not about men or women. We are sons of the living God. We're children of the living God, sons and daughters of the living God. Praise God. But by him we cry out, Abba, Father. That means daddy, a closeness. If you think of God super far off, this scripture right here, Shows you Jesus is close. The Father is close to you. He's as close as the mention of his name. You can say, Abba, Father, Daddy, please help me. And he will rescue you. You may have had a terrible father-child experience. God is not that way. He's a father to the orphan. He's a husband to the widow. He won't neglect you. He won't overlook you. Man, it's awesome. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And I want to key in on this. To know that you're a child of God, that's an attitude. That's an attitude. It's more than just a thought. It's a way of living that you walk out those doors and you say, I'm a child of God. No one's going to make me feel bad about myself anymore. I'm not going to be whipping myself anymore about what I've failed to do. I'm not going to listen to those whispers of memories that someone, when I was a child, told me I was no good. No, I'm a child of God. It is an attitude. It's moving out of the flesh and trying to earn your way into approval, a people addiction that you might have. Walk out of that and say, I've already been accepted by God. I am an, a child of God. It's an attitude and that's where I want to take the rest of our thoughts today you can't change your thinking until you change the attitude you are in we are all in a certain attitude have you ever heard of someone that has a chip on their shoulder knock off the chip they slug you in the face <laughs> all right that they're in an attitude and that poor person needs to get out of that barrel it's like a barrel all right get out of that barrel step out of it and go step into some other attitude. <laughs> 
Because as long as they're in this attitude of, you knock that chip off my shoulder, their thoughts are going to be following their attitude. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? You try to change your thoughts when you're in the wrong attitude, you can't do it. It's impossible. You've got to step into another attitude, into, in, into what the Holy Spirit has to offer you. And I'm going to be a lot more specific here just to give you some examples. We need to step out of our attitude into a different attitude, and then you can begin to think differently. Let's look at Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God, so just to distinguish between attitudes and thoughts, the Bible expresses that there is, in fact, a difference between your thoughts and your attitudes. Here in Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says, the, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing between soul and spirit between joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart so my first premise here is to convince you that there's a difference between your thoughts and your attitudes and i don't think that's a hard thing for any of us to swallow in proverbs 20 verse 5 though it says the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters but one who has insight draws them out. And, and I'd like to really pause on this one. Your thoughts are coming from something inside of you. There's something deep inside of you that's causing you to think the way that you think. And with God's help, you can be a, a discerning person, a, 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 a wise person that allows the Holy Spirit to to go past your thoughts and down deep into your psyche and say, oh, that's why I'm thinking those thoughts. Here in Proverbs 20, verse 5, it says there's purposes, there's intentions, there's motives, there's attitudes down deep inside of each one of us that causes us to think the thoughts that we think. And we need to figure out what those attitudes are. We need, to, we need to shine a big old spotlight. We need to be what's called self-aware and not just cover over what's going on down deep inside. We need to open it up, open up the engine, if you will, and figure out what's going on. Why is my car spewing pollution out, bad thoughts out, bad words, bad actions, bad deeds? It's because something's wrong in the engine, and we've got to figure out what that is. All right? So... Here we go. You can't change your thoughts unless you adopt a new, a new purpose, new motives, new attitudes, the attitudes of the Spirit of God. So I'm going to kind of go off script here really quick. I, um, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to tell you, all right? May as well. Here we go. I've been struggling big time, all right? Just in, in my personal affairs, and I'll be very specific with what I've been struggling with. So I think about four weeks ago, I get a call, you know, you're, you're not, we're not going to be able to renew the lease to this church. All right. That's a stressor. It's manageable. We're going to find a place. God's going to help us, right? No less than seven days later, I'm having a call with my new boss, and, uh, you know, going through a weekly call, and we end the call with, oh, by the way, I'm laying you off. <laughs> All right? Seven, I mean, and um, it's, you know, we have until December. So I have two things happening in December that are like, 
you know, just like ugh, stress. All right. So what do I do as a as a person? I'm here constantly rationalizing. You know, I'm pulling all the pieces together and trying to figure out, you know, do I do this? Do I do that? How do I put everything together to make this work out? And so what I've, what's been happening is God's been opening up the engine in my heart and saying, you don't trust me enough. You don't have to figure all of this out. I want to take that. You're in this barrel of rationalization of trying to figure out all the problems. I need you to step out of that and onto a higher attitude of faith in God, of trust in God. You, you see what I mean? And so I know like Berman and Nadia, you've been through Hades on earth. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. Martha and Robert, you guys have been through Hades on earth, not to say hell on earth, right? Carmen, yeah, everybody, Brother Ron, tough times. But you know what? God's trying to take us out of the human nature and help us step on to a higher attitude so that our thoughts, our, your thoughts will follow your attitude. You can't control your thoughts, but you can control your attitude with God's help. He's given you a spirit of self-control to be able to do and think the right thoughts. So anyways, this attitude is so, so important. And let's go Romans 12, verse 5. It says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other, each other that Jesus Christ had. That attitude of mind. Stop fighting your thoughts and start changing your attitudes. Stop fighting those thoughts. You can't fight them. I've been fighting thoughts for four weeks now, and I'm realizing I'm not going to win that battle. I've got to change my attitude. <laughs> So that my because my thoughts are going to follow here. Ephesians 423, it says to be made new in the attitude of your mind. Praise God. I mean, I'm 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 experimenting with this stuff. I've got to I've got to learn this stuff because my life is going to change. And you know what? Your life is changing as well. So let's start learning what we need to learn and get to where we're going. All right. So. It's really neat through all this experience, now that you kind of have a backdrop, you know, what I'm saying probably makes a lot more sense, but I, I felt the Lord telling me about two or three weeks ago, don't act out of fear, act out of obedience. I mean, that was a word for me. Don't act, you know, when something bad's coming at you, you react, and you might make a big mistake. You can't do that. You know, the Bible says in the day of evil, stand your ground. And when all is kind of blown past you, you remain standing. <laughs> That's what we have to do. We have to stand our ground. Don't act out of fear. Act out of obedience. And so as I was thinking about these, you know, what I'm speaking on this morning is don't think out of fear. Think out of obedience. Because as a man thinks in his mind so is he <laughs> so if you if you learn I'm not going to think out of fear I'm not going to I'm not going to ponder those things I'm going to think out of obedience God you have you're guiding us you're guiding me to the right place I'm going to take you by your right hand because your right hand is taking my hand he says I will take you by your right hand man powerful powerful scriptures all right so Here's what I've been learning is these types of changes in behavior and the way you approach things, they don't come naturally. <laughs> 
they're, they're hard to do because they're not our natural tendencies. And so what I've been learning to do is try to take these three minutes at a time. So you know what? I'm going to get out of this attitude and I'm going to get into this attitude and I'm going to try to stay there for three minutes. You know, I'm not going to say I'm going to do this all day long because that's too hard, but I'm going to do it for three minutes. I challenge you to experiment that way. Say, God, I'm going to get out of my fearful attitude and get into an attitude of faith for three minutes. And you're going to see, hey, I feel better over here than I did down there. And then you start just naturally staying in that place. You slip off, but you get back up again. But try it for three to five minutes. Try it for three to five minutes. All right, so we get out of timidity and fear, and we adopt an attitude of power. We adopt an attitude of love. We adopt an attitude of a sound mind. Get it? And this is in, in 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given you a spirit of timidity. He's not given you a spirit of fear. He's not given a, of, of not, you know, shaking and trembling. God's given you a spirit of power, an attitude of, of, of power, of love, and of a sound mind. In fact, one of these verses, and I believe it's Ephesians 4.23, which I've already uh, quoted, says he's not uh, to be made new in the attitudes of your mind. That literally means that in the spirit of your mind. <laughs> All right, God's given you a spirit, an attitude for you to stand on it's up to you to get up on there and stay there and stand on it and feel way better than you would otherwise. And I know as Christians, we're not here to feel good, but you know what? It does feel good. <laughs> it feels great to have an attitude of faith. It feels great to have an attitude of peace. It feels great to have an attitude of forgiveness. It feels great. So if I'm trying to sell you what's in it for you, it's a good feeling. <laughs> It's a really good feeling. So um, step in to the right spiritual attitude and you'll have the right thoughts and the wrong thoughts will be displaced out of your mind. Your, your brain is like a jar. There's only so much that can fit in it and actually not much can fit in it. So fill it with good and it'll displace all the bad. It'll displace all the bad. Um, throughout this process, this four, last four or five weeks, I've been realizing, holy cow, I think about myself all the time. Like, that's all I think about. Me, 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 me. <laughs> what am I going to do? How's this going to work out? What's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. And I've been praying, God, I am sick and tired about thinking about myself all the time. It's wearing me out. You know, I'm tired of thinking about me all the time. And, and so through this, I feel like the Lord is showing me You've got a self-centered attitude. Now I want you to go into an attitude of compassion for others. Compassion for others. See, as long as, as soon as you stop thinking about yourself, it's so freeing. You, you feel so much better. You're, you're focused on what God's focused on. You can soar with wings as eagles. But as soon as you start thinking about yourself, you're weighed down, you're pressed down. You can't get anywhere. Nothing goes right. So think of an attitude of trust in God and you'll get get peace. So from here on out, it's just like five or ten more minutes here. Um, I'm going to give you some examples, things that I'm trying to practice. All right. Think out. Uh, think out of an attitude of trust in God and you'll get a peaceful thought. 
Do you see what I mean? Get into that attitude of trusting God. You're going to get peace. So where did I get that from? Isaiah 26, 3, a favorite, favorite verse of mine. He says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds, their attitudes are steadfast because they trust in you. So you want peace? Get an attitude of trust. Step into an attitude of trust. <clears throat> uh, step into an attitude of prayer and your thoughts will stay focused in prayer or on prayer. That's what the Lord's Prayer did. It was, it was a mechanism or means of saying, here, I'm, you get into an attitude of prayer, and then your mind will be in a state of prayer. So often, my thoughts are all over the place, and I just start praying, and guess what? My prayers last all of 15, 20 seconds because my thoughts are active. I've got to get out of that attitude, whatever I'm in, and into an attitude of prayer, and then my thoughts will be prayerful in nature. The most important thing, I think, of prayer is what's going on up here, not what's coming out here. <laughs> your mind prays, and your lips follow. And, and where did I get that from? Well, the, the Bible speaks of it. Uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, it says, What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. Pray with your mind, with your thoughts. Thankfully, God doesn't have to hear your voice to hear your prayers. <laughs> How many times have you whispered a prayer in your brain? You know God heard that prayer. But we got to get into an attitude of prayer before we can really start seeking the Lord and, and listening to God. Here's another one. Step out of an attitude of self-reliance and into an attitude of faith. That's a really hard one because we want to be self-reliant. I want to be self-reliant. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. But you know what? I don't have to figure it out. God's got it figured out for me. He is my provider. It's funny, I've heard so much from the Lord. It's been rich, 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 four or five weeks because God's just talking to me and helping me and, and blessing me. And one of the things that he told me, he said, can I be your provider? Would you let me be provider? I mean, your employer's been your provider for 19 years. Can I start being your provider now? Now, obviously, God has been providing for us through, through the, the company that I work for. But praise God, he is our provider. Hey, if the government fails, your employer fails, he can rain food out of heaven. He can have water come out of a rock. He can do anything. Praise God. He could even rain money out of heaven if he wanted to, I guess. All right? Um, so step out of an attitude of self-reliance into an attitude of faith. In Romans 3.28, it says, For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from those self-reliant works of the law. You got to be really careful. I mean, we we teach in church that you've got to put forth an effort, and you do. But your effort is nothing compared to God's effort. The effort we put forth should be simply entrusting in His effort. That's the effort that we need to put forth. I heard somebody say on a Wednesday night. I totally disagreed with them. I didn't say anything. It was a long time ago, but they said, "Fake it until you make it." I was like. You are out of your ever-living mind. <laughs> that's human effort, and that's the flesh, and that's going to fail. But you take all that effort that you have, which is really puny, by the way. Take all your effort and come over here and say, I'm going to put all my effort to trust in God. 
Whoo, that takes all the pressure off. You know, God is going to help us through. Praise God. So don't fake it until you make it because you're going to fail. <laughs> um, step out in a, Step out of the attitude of earning from God and into an attitude of receiving from God. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. And it's been so refreshing these last several weeks. I've been feeling the Lord tell me, haven't, hasn't every good thing in your life come from me? Hasn't, been, hasn't it been a gift? Yes, Lord. <laughs> you're right, God. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. Praise God. Well, the future is going to be no different. Every good and perfect gift that comes is going to be from God. And guess what? The gifts are coming. He's not going to, he's not going to deprive us. He's not going to slap the lid over us and say, okay, you just got to suffer. No, he's going to keep giving his good gifts to his children because he loves us. Praise God. We need to step out of an attitude of listening to our own thoughts and listening, have an attitude of listening to God's word. Stop listening to yourself, and here I'm pointing at you, three fingers at me. You know, stop listening to yourself so much and start listening to the living God. He's got good news for you. You've got probably bad news for yourself because we all tend to be negative, always thinking the worst, projecting out, oh, here's where I'm at today. I'm going to end in disaster tomorrow. You know what? That's not the Lord speaking to you. Faith is a very positive thing. Have faith in God because God is going to do something good for you. He's going to move that mountain. He's going to throw it into the sea. He's going to make a path. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. So stop listening to your thoughts and start listening to the word of God. And that's an attitude. All right. Isaiah 28, 23 says, listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear what I say. How clear can that be? I mean, that's just uh, that's just right there. Step out of an attitude of depression and suicide and into an attitude of hope in God. Hope in God. Titus 3, 7, it says, so that having been justified by his grace, you might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Get an attitude of hopefulness expectation that God is going to come through why he always has why it's not going to change why why would and God says I'm the same yesterday today and forever so if your experience has been positive with God your experience in the future is going to be positive with God as well thank goodness for that right step out of an attitude of poverty defeat deprivation into an attitude of nobility and God has been teaching me this, I mean, long before all of this other mess, but you're a child of God. Start walking around like a child of God. He has chosen you. You're a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, nation, <laughs> a chosen nation, a, a, a people that have been set apart to, to sing forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his glorious light. You are special. You are chosen. God's got good plans for you. Praise God. Have an attitude of nobility. Praise God. Man, we don't have to go and make our way in life. God has already made a way for his princes and his princesses right through. Man, you don't even have to worry about stuff. God's got you covered. Praise God. Man, that's for us today. I could really sit on that one for a while, but I'll keep on going here. 
Oh, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, you are noble. <laughs> so act noble. Think noble. All right? An attitude is going to lead to noble thinking. And you need to be a noble person. Praise God. Think about such things, Philippians 4.8 says. Step out of a lustful attitude. And immediately when we think of lust, we think of men and women. But lust encompasses so much more. Lust for materialism, for power, for fame. That's, that's lust. It's an intense personal desire to satisfy something for yourself. A step out of that lustful attitude and into an attitude of purity and righteousness. First Psalms 119.9 says, how can a young person stay on a path of purity by living according to your word? In other words, stepping into that attitude of the word of God and saying, you know what, that's, that's what I want. I don't want all this other stuff. I want the word of God, the truth of God in my life. Step out of an attitude of having to know why why, God, did you do this? Why did you let this happen? What's going on here, God? Explain it to me now, God, or else you're out of my life. Get out of that attitude <laughs> and get into an attitude of trusting God. So that, like Job, you say, you know what? <laughs> Even if it's over, I'll still trust you, God. You know? I, I used to base my trust, even up to very recent times, base my trust on whether God had answered my prayers. Well, he's answered, you know, 95% of my prayers, 99, with some, some high percentage, he's answered my prayers. There's some things he hasn't answered. And so do I distrust him? And the Lord began to reveal to me, you don't, you don't trust me because I answer your precise, exact demands. You trust me because of my nature, because of who I am. That's what you base your trust on, on, on the Lord. So step out of this attitude of demanding to know why about everything and simply an attitude of trusting God because of who he is. He created us. We're his creation. His creation must trust him because he's God and I'm not. <laughs> You're not God. I'm not God. He's God. So we trust him. I love this verse in Isaiah 30, verse 15. It says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. The Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Woo, man. Oh, take a deep breath, right? Let that sink in. Oh, just cover you, cover your thoughts. That's a wonderful attitude, a restful attitude, a trustful attitude, a quiet attitude before the Lord. Don't worry, three more and we're done. Step out of an attitude of stubbornness and into an attitude of submission to God. Stubbornness, my way or the highway, God. <laughs> He's like, what? What are you talking about? You go on the highway. I'm not going on the highway. God is God. Is God. Step out of that stubbornness and adopt an attitude of submission in Matthew 11, 28, 30, 28 verses, well, 28 through 30 is just really captures this. Come unto me, all, all of you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. The Bible talks about us being slaves to Christ. And you know what? If I'm going to pick slavery to anybody, I'll pick slavery to God. <laughs> I'm not going to pick slavery to the devil. I'm not going to pick slavery to addictions, to drugs, because those are evil taskmasters, taskmasters that will drive me into the ground. God is not going to drive me into the ground. I will take your yoke upon me because I will be free. I will be burden free. He's going to carry my burdens for me. 
He's gentle. He's humble in heart. I will find rest for my soul. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Step out of an attitude of self-focus and into an attitude of love and compassion. Another one that God has just been getting me with. Praise God. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience. Those are the attitudes I want to have. Because those are free attitudes, man. Those are attitudes that are get my thoughts in free, wonderful places. And last, step out of an attitude of addiction and into an attitude of Jesus freedom. <laughs> I love that, man. I was trying to think, how do I write that? How, how do I say that? Jesus freedom. That's what I want. I want the freedom of Christ in my life. And in John 8, 36, it says, So if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. You may not look free. You may not smell free. <laughs> you may not look free. But if Jesus has set you free, you are free indeed. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. Lord, how do we change our thoughts? Well, we can't. We do it, though, through the new attitude you've given us to step into, to step out of bad attitudes, attitudes that are destructive, Lord, to step out of fleshly attitudes and into wonderful, life-giving, spiritual attitudes that you've offered us. Lord God, uh, the word talks about, oh, this is so good, in Isaiah 59, verse 1, that you've set us, hey, Lord, you've, you've had us stand in a place that's inaccessible by evil. Lord, those, that's what these attitudes are. They're places that are inaccessible by evil, can't be touched. Lord God, safe and saved. Lord God, from all evil that would try to drag us down and destroy us, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, we make a decision today to adopt spiritual godly attitudes, Lord Jesus, of faith, of peace, Lord, of righteousness, of purity, 